Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In key. You know this song, else? This is the theme song to What Happened to Me Today. It's the theme song to ER. Where I was today for an emergency, and I had what a, what a day I had. So, first, because I've got an ingrown toenail, I, sorry. Everybody, if you're somebody prone to throwing up, thinking about things, this ain't good. I have bad looking feet when there's not an intro toenail. So anyway, you have very cute feet, sweetie, that, like a hobbit. Yeah. So, um, so, so anyway, so my big toe is like, you know, in fact, whatever. You don't want to know, but it, but, it's, but it's bothering my walking. So, and we can't figure it out. Alice has tried to help me get the thing out. I've tried to get it out. It's chew busted in there somewhere, and. So so then it's today, not a pretty scene, to, right? And so yesterday, I probably could get it out if I could like sedate you, right? Right. So yesterday, um, yesterday Alice went to no, yesterday for some reason I got I was put back on um, lawn mowing duty, which is back in my plate, and I was mowing the lawn, and it was the toe was really bothering me. I was on an angle, etc., and then I had to plant some things, which we should water tonight too. Okay. Um, and the toe is bad tonight as well. So then Alice, uh, I asked her to help me try to get the thing out, and she spends like 30 minutes. I've never been in so much pain in my entire life, entire life. This was Civil War bone saw level pain <laughs> with no it anesthesia. Was not. It was horrific. Alice, I, you weren't on the receiving end of it. It was my throat got dry. I've I felt I, had you have not children. had anything. No, I've this had is, babies there without is no, an anesthetic. There is, I know. No, no, there is no childbirth that, that came anywhere <laughs> close ingrown toe. to this this okay. surgery okay. with blunt instruments. Mm-hmm. 
And it was so painful and just a total, total, that I was afterwards, first of all, my toe became numb eventually because it, it just killed all the nerves. It's dead now. <laughs> um, and then I was, then I'm uh, lying there and I'm like, I, I would, I would been sweating. And then I felt this weird, peaceful feeling. Anyway, anyway it was, I've never had so much pain at the hands of another human being. So this is definitely, <laughs> definitely, this is, like I said, Civil War era. <laughs> so then we decide that maybe it's time I go see somebody. So we go to the to I make an appointment at the In and Out Clinic. The unpleasant um, uh, person, a witch, answers the, who answered the phone actually was the one who was there, who said, "Yeah, we do ingrown toenails." I go there. <laughs> she goes, "Yeah," and I said, uh, uh, "Do you have masks, by the way? Because it's a mask place." And she, she points to them. And I said, oh, "Okay." <laughs> She said your last name, and I said, um, "No." She said, "What's your name?" I said, "Oh, it's Tom." And she said, "Okay, let's go." And I said, "Okay, yeah." She goes like this. In other words, go over to the next window. Doesn't say it, just points. She's a nasty person. <laughs> if you're in the Greater Newburyport area, you know who I'm mean. Anyway, so I spent a few minutes with the witch. Then it's time, and I'm thinking here that what usually ha- last time I was there in person. I had to show a beautiful young nurse. I had to. She had to hold my gout foot in her, <laughs> in her beautiful once pure hand. I'm sure I ruined her. She is a r- ridiculous. That's nothing to she the time. Like a, she looks like a salamander. That's now. nothing to the time early in COVID when you had to well, do I, telemedicine. I was, I was, <laughs> let's not get me in trouble here. And you had poison ivy in your eye. Oh, yes, that's right. That's <laughs> and me. you were on the telemedicine thing. Yeah, that's and right. And there was a poor young woman on the other she end. She was also beautiful on the telemedicine Who woman. had to look at your poison ivy face. Oh, yeah, that's right. She got to look. I got to look at her angelic perfect face. She looked at my poison ivy face. It was perfect. Great. It was great. So, um, so, so, so. So I go into the area. The finally, after what seemed like about eleven hours, they, they call me in, and the fir- the woman says, "Okay." First of all, I had a problem with a the guy. There was a guy who sat down next to me. They said, "Oh, he's getting some shots," and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, where are you going?" He said, "Tel Aviv," and he sat down there next to me, and and they say, "Okay." After like twenty five minutes, like, "Okay, Thomas," I said, "Oh yeah," and he says, "Yes," <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I guess what what Thomas?" And she said. Uh, Walsh, and he said, "Yes, Walsh," as if he's got a problem with me now <laughs> for having so the I, same name. Since, since no, since I tried to take his <laughs> slot, so then he gets up and he looks over at me, and uh, and I say, "Good luck in there," <laughs> you know. Why? There's six. There's six. You know, <laughs> six acceptable waiting room quips you can make, right? That? And he goes, nah, "Thank you," and then. I noticed he's left his glass case of glasses on his the seat where he sat, which, by the way, he said, don't sit there because it's social distance. But he sat. I didn't say anything. I said, oh, you left your... He already doesn't like me. We've got a bad energy. And so I said, you left your glass case. And he turns around, doesn't say thank you to me. He said, oh, and so I did. And goes and grabs it and goes in. So Thomas Walsh, you suck. What? So then, then it's my turn to go in. And the first nurse goes in and they, she goes, we got to do your blood pressure. And I say, okay, here we go. I know. I knew that there was a way that somehow me getting an ingrown toenail would end up with them working at me in the emergency room somewhere else. So here we go. They do the thing, an automatic thing, and she says, "Wow, it's really high. It's really high pressure." I said, "I know. It's it's really high. I know. I know. I'm fat. I'm I'm it's, it's high." 
she said, you were on medicine. What happened? They stopped. They wouldn't give you my medicine. Anymore. So, so it's like, uh, uh, well, yeah, the medicine thing, the blood pressure medicine thing is like a racket because they well, hold on. That's okay, coming. Okay. It's all coming. So, so then, so, so she said, oh yeah, it's really high. It was like 180 something. It was over one. Oh, it was it, not an okay number. It, no, it's, it's, it's so, such a bad number that she's asking. What was that noise else? <laughs> what noise? Huh. Honey? Either you're cocking a 45 or opening a drink. <laughs> I'll let you guess. Okay. Uh, so, so anyway, she's like, okay, are you seeing anything blurry right now? Is, are things tingling? Are you those like, in other words, is the stroke still happening or has it already happened? She's the one. I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So then they go, okay, you're going to be seeing Joe today. And I said, oh, that's good. I'll see Joe today. This way, I won't have my bloody stump sticking in another young, beautiful nurse's face who's got to work or touch it this time, even more so than last time. So I go into the room to wait for Joe. And the nurse says, okay, Joe will be in in a minute. So I'm waiting. Just sitting there, saying, very great. Another nurse bursts in and says, yeah, I just want to check that blood pressure again. It's like they sound, somebody sounded the general alarm at the nurse's station. They said, holy... Is it that, was what? <laughs> yeah. So then she takes it and it's down a little bit. It's 160. So it's still, you're absolutely dead, but not where they- Well, that's what I remember. That's why I stopped taking your blood pressure at home right. with the cuff because I was like, according to the chart, it says you're literally having a stroke right now. Right. And so, you were like, I'm not going to go anywhere. And I was like, really? Because it says you should contact the emergency room. Right, so, and- so anyway, so, <laughs> so, um, so- so I'm like, oh, great. So she takes it and she's like, oh, wow. Whatever. So now I'm waiting on Joe to come in. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, in bursts Joe. Boom. <laughs> Joe is probably 30 years old. The finest looking gentleman I've ever seen in my life. The best. Somehow he's absolutely tanned. His scrubs fit perfectly. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't be noticing this stuff. Maybe I'm finding out more about myself today than Why I Why is he working at the urgent care? I don't know why. But Joe is the finest looking man on the face of the earth. And now I feel bad that... This good-looking man has to hold my like, Alice. I would date this guy. I would, <laughs> okay, even though ahead. I'm not. I'm not gay, just because for bragging rights of what how good-looking this person is that's on my arm. If something <laughs> happened to you, I'm getting a lot of insight into your soul right now. I would go ahead, absolutely. Continue. So nope. Joe though doesn't want to talk about. Doesn't want to flirt with me. He comes in, and he said, "What's going on with your blood pressure?" I'm like, um, "I don't know, Joe. I'm fat." I don't know. I don't take care of myself. I've got a lot wrong with me. That's one of the reasons I'm trying to get my toe fixed here. He's like, oh, my goodness. where? What happened? Where's your primary care? Why are, are you not taking the loose on the pearl anymore? What happened? So now we are way away from, a thousand miles away from a, in, a ingrown toenail. Well, Dr. McGorgeous is, you know, really worrying about me now, which is one of the reasons I don't do things like this. So now Joe's very worried. He says, oh, my goodness. He said, you, we need to go to, to uh, you need to get a primary care. You should get right back on that stuff. And he said, I said, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to exercise. I can exercise, right? And he said, no. <laughs> so, like, so it's all bad news. I'm going to die, whatever. And I said, yeah, well, I had a place. And then COVID came and I didn't go to the office. So they got mad at me and they stopped giving me my, my, my medicine. And he said, you need to do it right now. Uh, he, he said, oh, and also we don't do toenails, just so you know. So like, oh, great. Well, this has been great. Uh, you know, fantastic. All right, I'll. Uh, I'll drag my bloody stump out of here. And he says, don't worry about it, but I can give you some cream. It'll take care of, uh, in case so it won't uh, get infected, which they forgot to give me anyway. So it doesn't matter. And he goes, uh, and as he's leaving, he goes, okay, so you you got the list of primary care positions, positions, and I can give you um, 
podiatrist, right? right which is something I was hoping wouldn't be a thing in my life ever. <laughs> so, so he gave me a list of that. and That's what I got for my time and money. Is it, I got to gaze at a <laughs> handsome man and got two pieces of paper. And uh, and then he said, okay, but make sure you make an appointment there. Make an appointment. Like, I, I get the feeling that they cleared the waiting room after I left and, like, huddled and said, guys, did everybody saw that for the record, right? Let's just all go to the captain's log here. Mark down what happened. So anyway, so now I, I've got to go back to get the medicine that I always wanted to have. Right. I had no problem with it. It's lisinopril. It's fat guy, um, what's it called? It's fat guy um, blood pressure medicine. Right. So I don't scare the shit out of Joe and the rest of the gorgeous people at that place. Well, and for the record, we've tried to fill it a million thousand times, but your doctor's office stopped letting you get it unless you went in, and we, for a period of time, <laughs> did not have health insurance right. uh, in between companies that you worked for. And so to pay the out-of-pocket cost for all the office visit and everything seemed crazy, so we were kept asking them if they would just approve another refill on the prescription right. until you had a doctor again, and they wouldn't do it, which seems nuts to me that, like, as a doctor who supposedly doesn't want people to die. Right, and that's not the first one. I've done uh, other doctors But, like, well. why? What's the risk of just taking the high blood pressure right. medication without them- going in there? What are they? What's going to happen if they just approve to fill the prescription again? Like Rush Limbaugh. What will happen to you if you keep taking blood pressure medication without going to talk to I'll them? I'll keep living. <laughs> I mean, but like what? Right. All right. And so. Okay, but now you have insurance. Now you can go back to the doctor's <laughs> office. But what a racket. It's like just nobody's abusing lisinopril. You know, it does nothing whatsoever. You know, it, there's no hot. You don't feel it. There's nothing to it. And it I can't seems even like get my honestly, hands on black market lisinopril. Like Rush Limbaugh had a thousand oxys coming in a day, and I can't get lisinopril, fat guy medicine on the black market. It does seem nuts. Like, what is the point of that? I don't know. The point is, is I go into the office so then they can charge me more and then find all the other stuff they want to work on. <laughs> well, yeah, but like. And uh, by the way, the last time I went to the place, and they said, "Okay, you have to come back, and we have to do all this massive blood work on you." Uh, so they had to take 18 vials of blood when I went back. I got the thing back that said I'm a clean bill of health. Really? <laughs> My blood came back fine? The, the If those blood tests came back with no indication that there's anything wrong with me, then blood tests don't work. Okay. But, I, I mean, I... Uh, it's just incredible to me because it seems like going to the doctor should be... It seems like drugs that, you know improve your health like keep you from literally dying from a stroke that you should like decrease access barriers to those yes like just, that if, just and if the seems like needs- a basic and like it's incredible to me like the urgent care won't prescribe them either why won't they the said urgent- they don't do that why though I like why won't anywhere prescribe hypertension drug like okay like you said like you can go to an online pharmacy in Canada or whatever and get somebody to, like, mail order, send you ED drugs. But, like, why why can you not get blood pressure medication? I don't know. Because I assume... I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know why don't, there's not a, 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 a pile of 7,000 here. And I don't know why when I get them, Alice, it's one month at a time. Because well, they... they and, yeah, it's... Just give me the free... The, the bottle... Is five inches tall. It's one fifth filled. 
fill the goddamn bottle with the fat guy medicine and take money off the top. Whatever you need. This should not be this hard. I am willing to pay. It's ridiculous. Somehow I went today to seek medical care and came back with less medical care than I had before I went there. Right. All right. So that's fine. (laughs) Alice, on the other hand, a lot of you guys who listen to the radio show were worried because I had told them, Alice, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. I'm in trouble for this, that you were mad at me. I was mad at you. For today, for Mm -hmm. this experience. I was. Because I talked about it on the radio, the fact that you had your... Uh, you were going to to your place, and I asked people, "What should she say?" Somebody who hasn't been a cook really before, what should she say to people? And people came in and gave advice, and then Alice torched it and wrote me a long, very typical Alice Shattuck screed <laughs> about how everything's ruined and how I'm a bastard and never listen to her. And well, it's true. I don't necessarily like want to be a restaurant cook with my life's work. I'm doing it because. Of financial considerations, not because it's oh, like my dream oh. to be a restaurant cook. I, this is something I found out about you. Today. <laughs> what? Okay. So, and then you yelled at me and I ruined everything and you didn't want to do it. And so you went there and how was the experience? It was great. Okay. So you had a wonderful <laughs> time. And now, are right, you It say? was great. And I liked the place and now I'm going to be a restaurant cook. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the follow-up apologizing email. <laughs> It's funny, huh? I'll wait for that one. You're still making me do it, and I still Make, said... I'm, I'm not making you do anything I still, else. You are making we, me do this. You came up with this job, and you I sent it to me. I found this job, yes, because it's the same poly girl job. It's not, Which though. should be perfect for you, considering but, uh, you're somebody who was just bragging about her breasts <laughs> before we got on the air, which I'll... I was not. Which, hang on, I'll have that audio at the end of the podcast, so listen to that no, over. There's hidden audio. No, don't record me who without also, my consent, please. Who, no, 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 no. That's the laws in this house are much different. Who also said earlier, do you think I looked too sexy for the interview? My goodness, Alice. Well, I assume, like most interviewers, he dove across the table at you. I mean, when you're dealing with this level of hotness, Alice, only you and a certain doctor I've, have I ever seen this hot. You think I look too sexy no, in the interview? I was just not sure. Like that's. I know I look really sexy, but do you think? I mean, is it possible for me to go overboard, Tom? I'm. I just you know... was wondering if it was like too much makeup, since it's like in a kitchen, which is like the least like sexy job. That what do you mean exists? it's the least sexy job? Working in a restaurant kitchen. I don't know that that's true. Well, well, well they don't have too many sexy sous chef. Outfits, I guess. <laughs> they don't. Although there's a lot of very good looking people in F and B. But it's not um like glamorous. So I wasn't sure if like the makeup level was too much or if the outfit was I don't right. Find it or like Well, it's not I don't know, but like this is the top I wore. Like thoughts. I don't know. Oh, you apparently you have thoughts on your excellent <laughs> cleavage, end quote. I think that top looks great. That's what you were on our fir- first date. I think mm-hmm. you look beautiful. Alice, this is when human beings say thank you. I deserve such comments. They don't warrant a thank you. Well, you just were being rude to me. No, I was not. (laughs) All right, we have to start the show at some point. I don't... uh, So, here's my feeling. Is over the weekend... We saw a lot of people complaining about people, free speech and the news, and complaining about Fox News, complaining about this and that. 
the Biden administration, for the first time today, mm-hmm. I was as I was sitting on my uh, Revolutionary War torture surgical bed, <laughs> as my wife was sawing away at my toe bone, <laughs> I uh, it occurred also in this outfit. It occurred to me. Yes. If you want to picture that. <laughs> I mean, that was the the only anesthesia I needed was the amount of sexiness. It was an overload. So thankfully, I was in the clouds. I didn't feel anything. My goodness. <sighs> well, you just Should I wear this to... top, Tom, or do you think it shows too much of my magnificent breasts? Wow. At least, at least your self-esteem is uh, intact. Do I think you look too sexy? That wasn't like a question. I didn't mean it like that. Everybody else in the kitchen were twos, Tom. <laughs> That's Is not it... what I meant. And you know wow. it. I meant was it like the right vibe for the thing? You use but... the word sexy. <laughs> well, I'm not used to being sexy, so I was wondering if it was. Well, yeah, it sounds too like that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, Alice. Um, so my feeling is this. Did you change the thing, the cleavage setting on your top? <laughs> like you said you were? I can't see the things covering me. I don't A little bit. Anywhere. So my feeling is this. I'm actually, for the first time, I am now a little worried about the lack of answers the White House has. I actually think they don't know, they don't have any answers. I don't think... I think that instead of, they don't have a fix. They don't have a COVID fix. Obviously, we know that. They don't have an Afghanistan fix. We don't. We know that. They don't have a jobs numbers fix. We know that. They have no fixes for anything. Which is why, of course, they're making up these little narratives and making up little vignettes to talk about and and worry about and spend time doing things for like there is no fix. I'm I'm fine with no more legislation. I don't care if roads and bridges all crumble tomorrow. I I'm, I'm over it. Fine. But the the idea, Alice, that there are thousands of container ships just hanging out in harbors mm-hmm. and that entire airlines have to be grounded and the management is so afraid of it that they tell people with a straight face that it's the weather that right. affected only their planes. Mm-hmm. And all of the other planes, well, because of uh, because of vaccine mandates, mm-hmm. and that there are tens of thousands, I think actually hundreds of thousands, of servicemen and women who are unvaccinated, and they've got a deadline coming up. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think here's a big part of the problem is that things like the economy or uh, air traffic or uh, health and pandemics are really complicated and unpredictable. And the economy doesn't just turn off with a switch and then turn back on. You know, it's, you can't, like, I say this to you sometimes about, like, even climate change, right? Like, it's so complicated. Like, even if you decide that, like, carbon in the atmosphere is causing all these effects, like, mm-hmm. you can tilt the milk jug in one direction and have all the milk spill out of it onto the floor. But just because you tilt it back the other way, it doesn't make the milk fly up from the floor and go back into the milk jug. Some stuff doesn't unbreak if you just reverse the process that breaks it, you know? So they've really, really 
screwed up the economy. And not just Biden. Obviously, he wasn't there when the first mm-hmm. breaking of the economy even happened. And pieces of the economy that are broken are like in China and stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there are definitely things that are outside of the control of just our country. And the choices that were made that broke the economy were made by lots of little officials as well as the big officials in Washington, D.C. and Anthony Fauci and stuff. Right. So like it was a lot of complicated causes but the economy shut down for a long period of time and it's not clear that anybody knows exactly how to turn it back on and like certain things like handing everybody a bunch of cash can like keep it on life support but like there was an article i sent you today where people were saying and this was i think was it bloomberg it was a, a major financial publication was saying like we should be worried that the united states is already actually in a recession mm-hmm. right now and we're just the it's stagflation like we're the economy's stagnant, but we're inflating prices so much that we're like not fully seeing it yet. But that's mm. like really dangerous, right? Like th- that's when you really hurt your economy. So like I was having this conversation with someone the other day who was saying like, oh, no, like the traveling economy is back because like you car rentals are really expensive and hotel rooms are really expensive. And I was saying, but you don't know from the demand side as the consumer, if those things are expensive because there's like a ton of demand and everything's back and it's normal, or because there are supply issues, whether in the labor supply in terms of like hotel rooms and hospitality, those are very, very dependent on the price of labor or on, um, you know, like the used car supply, the car market is completely out of whack. That's accounting for a huge amount of the inflation right now. We also, what you're not seeing in any of the inflation numbers yet, really, is uh, the housing costs, which, like, I mean, you and I know because we got approved for a mortgage for the lead stuff that valued our house at a certain amount of money, like pegged right in the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. So we know exactly what our house was worth, like right before the pandemic. And it's now worth a lot more than that if we just went out to sell it. I mean, like a lot more, you know, probably a a 10 or 15% increase in a year or two, right? Like, uh, and so uh, that's, and that you don't see right away because what the inflationary measures look for in terms of housing costs is the uh, rental value of a place, which you don't necessarily see it in in the prices. Like, you know, it, and people continue to live in the same home. So people's rents go up, that hits inflation, but housing values don't hit inflation really except as this sort of proxy thing that takes longer to show up, like the the equivalent cost to rent, right? So uh, this is not not a good economy right now. You know, despite Mm. the spin that they're trying to put on it and Marty Walsh goes out here whenever there's the jobs numbers looking terrible and Joe Biden is telling us that, you know, it's Trump's fault and he's recovering it or whatever. I mean, this is... Uh, there are now structural problems that may or may not be able to be resolved. Like, there might not be a fix for some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. No, but also, you you said that the, the pandemic is not predictable. And, and maybe it's not, but your public policy can be predictable. So, right, but- cutting the checks, we knew that that would soften the job market. 
Well, right. So cutting the checks does hurt the job market. We know that putting constraints, COVID constraints on places um, uh, affect these uh, places, businesses, Mm -hmm. etc. So we knew that that was going to happen. But that being said, like, so, yeah, you know, there's going to be an impact when there's COVID constraints and stuff. But like. I mean, stuff isn't that cut and dry. Like, for example, the Biden vaccine mandate for businesses, for the one that's for businesses over 100 employees, that doesn't even exist yet. It's a press release right now. There's Mm -hmm. no policy. There's no OSHA policy. They haven't come out with it yet. Well, there's there's no OSHA arm of enforcers of vaccines. OSHA doesn't deal with that. I mean... we're all acting like Joe Biden's acting like this mandate's out here and it's not even out here. So there's not even any official government policy that you can point to that's even doing this. But companies are still reacting to the presidential press release and trying to do this stuff. This is what I mean when I say it's complex and unpredictable, but, well, right? Because if, like, they're, if they're non-compliant, so you they say, can be fined. So, well, but they can't be fined right now. Yeah, but they, that's why they're doing it because right. they see it coming. Right, but what I'm saying is like, Suppose Joe Biden never comes out with this policy and then people say, well, the Biden vaccine mandates made X, Y, Z happen with Southwest Airlines. Well, then they'll turn around and say, we never even came out with a mandate. We decided against it. It couldn't have been our vaccine mandate because we didn't have one. You know, and that's that's I I mean, I I honestly think that's like part of it. Right. And, you know, it's the same with like the pandemic stuff. Like, yeah, they shut stuff down and made it illegal to go out. But they also scared the bejesus out of people. And like if they had just come out and said, like, oh, my God, you're all going to get sick and die from like going out and being in a store or a restaurant. Do you think like the restaurants wouldn't still have been hurt? Like, uh, yeah, of, think- of course they would. Like, fewer people would have gone out to the restaurants. It would have hurt the businesses. It would have made some people, like, stay home or not show up for work or collect welfare, whatever, right? And, like, so there's stuff the government can do, like these signaling things. They can send Fauci out here to say it's dangerous to go eat in a restaurant. And that affects the businesses as well, you know? And the supply chain issues, like, same things, right? Like, If Biden goes out and signals that he's going to, like, start, you know, use the Defense Production Act to start, like, making making certain factories make something else, you know, then then businesses are going to adjust accordingly. They're trying to, like, predict what the government's going to do. So even the signals that they send have a big impact on the economy, which is what we're seeing right now with this vaccine mandate stuff. And that has a ripple effect. Like, so this happens to affect Southwest a lot. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing this is because, and, you know, we've known some stewardesses over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Southwest is, like, famous among airlines because they are very, very strongly unionized. Um, the employees are. So, like, for example, we used to know a, an, really? a flight attendant, yeah, who was, like... Pro- but aren't they all unionized? Mm, no, because... So, we used to know a flight attendant who I believe worked for JetBlue, but a different airline, and her mm. whole thing was, like, she was pro-union and she wanted them to unionize and all this stuff, and, like, that was, like, the example she always used. It's like, well, Southwest is the cheapest. It doesn't drive up their prices, and they're, like, the most unionized, the most strongly unionized airline out of anybody. Well, the flight attendants, this problem was pilots, wasn't it? 
Well, this was pilots, but I assume it's everybody. We're also but like not I'm getting it. We're all I'm hearing pilots, pilots are, are ex-military, but their union though is the ones that are coming out with statements and stuff, and they can't. The union can't do an officially organized action, I guess. But because they've negotiated these really strong union benefits, Southwest Airlines has. They all have all this like paid sick time and stuff, and if they are going to get fired on the vaccine date, then they're going to lose it. So they're all using all their sick time and stuff in advance. This this. is not an officially organized strike because they can't like, you know how like teachers like plan their work stoppages in advance and Mm -hmm. stuff like, so this isn't an officially organized strike, but the union has been for a while now suing the airline over this, over the vaccine mandate and all this stuff, the pilots union. But I don't know. I'd love to get a pilot on to talk about like how unionized the pilots are versus other pilots. But I know that like the flight attendants are very heavily unionized yeah. in Southwest. Well, we but that's actually not the reason they're the cheapest airline. They're the cheapest airline because they worked out a deal with Fuel ages ago where they have like a locked in price for fuel and they're cheaper than other airlines because of it. It's like a whole thing. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I do think it's interesting that they're a very they're like known in the industry for like being very highly unionized and that they're the ones that are having this happen. I also think it's interesting how much like people on the left are suddenly anti uh Union and strike. But, so and this is my favorite thing. This is the CNN mm-hmm. write-up of what happened. In a statement, the Federal Aviation Administration said there have been no air traffic-related cancellations since Friday. The agency, so not air traffic controllers. Mm-hmm. The agency said that airlines are experiencing delays because of aircraft and crews being out of place. Hmm. Yeah, out of place. So, what the hell does that mean? Out of place. It means they're not showing up for work. They're calling in. Sick. Well, is this a new? phrase so the crews are out of place and it's this is a lot of flights this well, is like more th- than is a that quarter anything like not there it's, it's like not there yes i would say it is right well let's use so, not there so but it's it's like more than a quarter of their flights it's like hundreds of new flights are getting canceled every day at southwest and you know uh, i don't know to like what extent I don't know to what extent, like, the pilots actually aren't vaccinated or are vaccinated or whatever. But, you know, it doesn't take that big a percentage of people not showing up for work to cause a lot of problems. And this is going to have a ripple effect because, you know, people are having to find other flights home and stuff. But Southwest is going to have to either credit these people or, you know. Well, supposedly that's why they try to blame it on the weather. (laughs) Right. So they so, wouldn't have to refund. Yeah, but I mean, this is, it's clearly not that because other flights are going. And mm-hmm. there was like also some brouhaha people were saying it was like air traffic controllers in Jacksonville. And like, so, but that uh, that's why, part of why I didn't bring it up yesterday because it was still unclear mm-hmm. kind of what was happening. And it was obvious that what we were being told about it was like full of untruth. So it wasn't entirely clear like what exactly the story was yesterday when we did our show. But yeah, I mean, it's. The prevarication and stuff around the whole thing where they're sort of not telling the truth about what's going on. And I mean, same thing with other industries where people are being threatened with being fired and stuff like teachers and public employees in New York. And, you know, I, it's um, and, and, you know, some of the employees that have a problem with getting vaccinated, like have already had COVID. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, how do you show that those people are any risk to anybody around them? When- and that's where this gets mm-hmm. 
That's where this gets more. Do you you waiting to take a sip until the camera's off you? No, you are shameful. I have been drinking on camera. Ask the so, people. So that's where this is more dangerous mm-hmm. because that makes you question now. When they're saying that the vaccines give you more protection, you say, "Wait a second, are you just telling me that so that the people who have already gotten COVID will get vaccinated too?" And in my mind, uh, yes, without being a doctor. Yeah, because that hasn't really been tested. And people seem to have good protection. And that's another, and that's another example of Fauci lying, which makes him a freaking liar. I mean, I mean, you don't see a lot of people, like, just anecdotally. Like, they are showing us a lot of breakthrough cases. Like, you hear about them all the time, right? But, like, you're not seeing... A lot of people had COVID and recovered last year. Mm-hmm. And you're not just anecdotally the newspapers aren't running any stories and you would think they would be if they had them of people who are like oh my gosh my second time having covid it's so bad get vaccinated even if you've had it before like why wouldn't you show that story if you had people like that out there i don't think people who've had covid really get covid again but i mean like i don't know anybody who's had covid again a second time do you uh i know people who know people yeah really yes I mean, I know people well, who've got vaccinated thing. and got COVID. I don't know people who've had COVID twice. I would feel like the news would probably like report that if they could, but to like get people vaccinated more, but whatever. And I think they're going to run into problems too when they try and do this with kids. Like we read that statistic from the Quinnipiac poll the other day that like 70% of parents, I think 68% of parents in the US like do, don't think it should be mandated for kids. That's going to run up against some problems in the next few months. It really, really is. I mean, because that probably includes a lot of parents who will get their own kids vaccinated, actually, but are not in favor of having it mandated. That's a lot of parents, I would say. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. So, but I think the bigger problem for the Biden administration is mandate or no mandate if it was clear that this like had some benefit or was necessary or something you know like at the beginning of the pandemic there were hospitals that had a lot of covid patients there were like images of the exhausted doctors and nurses and all the stuff and people were overwhelmed like it's much harder to justify at this point in time because that just doesn't exist anymore you know the the march new york covid is not here anymore that level of infection and you know a to a totally naive population that has has no natural immunity whatsoever and and really like that's when the risk of the hospitals being overwhelmed and all that stuff like that's why we had the two weeks to slow the spread and all those things right like that's why that all existed now that's done there's no risk of that anymore hospitals being overwhelmed is like not a thing that's happening anymore I did read an interesting statistic. You know how we had been talking about that, like, Florida's vaccination rate wasn't actually that low. And so it was, like, weird that their death rate was high in this past wave of COVID. Right. So as it turns out, a lot of people from Latin American countries were coming to Florida to get vaccinated and leave, but didn't actually live there. And that was being reflected in their vaccination numbers. So it's possible that the actual vaccination rate of the Florida population was actually not very, not as high as it had been reported to be previously. Because just like the number of vaccines for the percent of the population isn't reflective of like who actually lives in Florida. 
But anyway, that was just a interesting tidbit I read today that I thought was fascinating. But State uh, uh, Secretary Deb Haaland, who, as you know, is the Department of the Interior. Mm-hmm. Ran tweet- the marathon today. Yes. She says, as I run today's Boston Marathon on Indigenous Peoples Day, I will carry with me my ancestors who gave me the ability to to run. Did you see the video of her wishing us a happy Indigenous Peoples she Day, says, too? This is, she wrote this in the Globe. My feet will pound the ancestral homelands of the Massachusetts, the Mashpee, Wampanoag, and the Pawtucket people, and will follow in the footsteps of indigenous runners, indigenous runners who have participated in the race over a 125-year history. <laughs> I have no problem with any indigenous peoples whatsoever. Except Deb Holland. I have a problem with people wearing and shouting their progressive spirit belief system at me at every time they can, especially at a time, if this is not uh, illustrative of the problem, why nothing is getting fixed, why nobody is fixing anything, Mm -hmm. because this symbolism of pounding the feet where the Massachusetts were and in all through everything we do in equity, etc., is prioritized. We've got that person from Wakefield who's in the HHS or something because it's the first per- trans person. Great. Okay, we got all the first done. Are we sure everybody is the best at everything? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like you would think, for example, that uh, your buddy there, Buddha Judge, would be concerned about like the port situation with the ships not being able to come in since he's Mr. Transportation. You would say that's a huge thing. As a matter of fact, Alice, I believe that could fall under infrastructure. Yeah. Many kinds. Truckers, trains, boats. That is a perfect example of combined infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And Where- ports affect all of us whether or not like yes. we own the port. So that's like a perfect example of something the government is supposed to run because they're everybody's ports. You know, the ports affect what can show up in your grocery store shelves, whether you live near the port or own a part of the port or what. What are you frowning at? Why am I concerned? What's wrong? Along the way to running my first marathon, I began to think deeply about the story of my people who have used running not only to get places, but to preserve their traditions and culture. In the days of my ancestors... In the days of my ancestors, runners ran from house to house and village to village to spread news. In the high desert, runners kept watch for spring floods, alerting villagers and sprinting to the fields to capture water for that year's crops. Native American runners saved lives during the tragedies of colonization. Now, traditional foot races in Pueblo villages honor those... I have a question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Does this seem like a bit of a stretch? Well, yeah, and also I question the lumping together of all different indigenous people. Isn't that like me claiming like Italian people as part of my heritage, even though I'm not like remotely Italian in any way whatsoever? Like, Uh, it's weird when you lump a bunch of different cultures that are like very disparate. Like, is she Wampanoag? 
Uh, I don't want to. I have no comments on that. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think it's weird when we like lump all native cultures together because there's a bunch of different ones and they spend a lot of time killing each other, too, by the way. Hmm. What is her background? Let's find out. I mean, but she's from New Mexico, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that her... Yeah, she's Pueblo. So the Pueblo people are really, really different from the Wampanoag people, aren't they? Isn't it, like, almost offensive to lump them together and say that she's somehow connected to the Wampanoag? I don't... To me, it kind of is. I don't know. Did you see her video message about Indigenous Peoples Day? No. <sighs> I can send it to you probably, but yeah, I just, I find the whole like indigenous people day thing odd. And like, I, I guess like part of what's strange to me is that like, it's, it's an unrealistic, like Disney fied understanding of like different cultures. You know what I mean? It's like saying Italians are like, about pizza and gondolas and stuff like it's just a weird like flattening thing that people do and I understand that like part of that is just like we're all distanced from these cultures like we're not participants in it anymore so you know but but it's just it's just not real you know what I mean like Plains Indian culture is like so horse dependent horses weren't even introduced into the Americas until Columbus came like this is also a syncretistic culture you Holy know what I mean goodness I don't have that word okay I just mean it's like multiple things combined I just I and and I mean I'm like I've also, said this before on this I'm, show but, uh, like the Algonquin language that people spoke around uh-oh. here that like that's preserved because missionaries came and translated a gospel into Algonquian. You know what I mean? Like that's why we know what the language sounds like today but, and preserved it for people who are descended. It was a dead language until they okay, pulled Alice, the Bible out. But here's you know? my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. Is I'm just saying that <laughs> taking a day off so that you can run the Boston Marathon and then writing an op-ed? Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily re- require you to make the stretch <laughs> that running was a particularly Native American thing to do. Well, I think, yeah, a lot I, of people ran I get before. The, and, and yes, and what did uh, and many people take to Native Americans when the Spanish brought horses? Horseback. The riding. horses did the running. Yeah. So I'm just saying that almost every civilization has had running counted on running <laughs> to alert the villages to escape colonization. Well, that's why we have the center. marathon, isn't it? Because the ancient Greeks had running. She too, goes, right? she says on this way, almost there were very few solely walking societies made it, <laughs> you know, nope, not going to walk, not going to run, but they're coming upon us. They're going to kill us. Nope. That's a principle I hold dearly. i never run. Those people didn't last. On this special day, she says, I will run for missing and murdered indigenous peoples and their families. Can't just just run down the street, okay? <laughs> How about that? And the promise that our voices are being heard and that I'll have a part of an equitable, equitable <laughs> and just future in this new era. God. Is there anything, anything that wokeism can't F up? This is why Donald Trump is right. Everything woke turns to bleep, he says. Then she says, I will run for Tom Longboat, Tarzan Brown, Patty Dillon, because yada, 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 yada. 
It's part of our, this administration made a commitment to honor our country's promises to indigenous communities. It's part of our Build Back Better agenda to embed equity and inclusion into everything that we do. Huh. Hadn't noticed. Across the administration, we are ensuring that tribal governments are... Can you guys embed getting food to grocery store shelves as part of everything you do? Because that would be really convenient. And like CNN had this article out that was like, if you're expecting the grocery stores to look like the before times with plentiful food, think again. Like, really? Don't tell me that. Maybe instead of worrying about the pounding of feet of the Wampanoag people, you should focus on getting ships to come into the country. And don't tell me you can walk and chew gum at the same time if we're looking at empty grocery store shelves. Because this is America and we should not have to look at empty grocery store shelves. We're better than that at this point in time. I sent you Deb Holland's audio, by the way, of, oh, her, did you, like, of her Indigenous People's Day message. But yeah, I like... Here's the thing, like, that people act like you can do all the things. You know, whenever you say, like, is this what we should be focusing on? They go, like, well, can't we do both? You know, like, oh, well, if you say, like, why don't we focus on, like, fatherlessness and uh, education in underserved communities in, in the cities, then they say, like, well, but we can focus on that and also talk about police shooting black people. Like... Okay, well, but I don't really see you doing anything about the actual problem that's actually killing way more people, you know? And it's the same stuff with this, like, woke junk. It's like, yeah, we're embedding equity in everything we do, but we, like, but it's part of our Build Back Better agenda. Well, I don't see you getting any Build Back Better agenda passed. So if you're worried about bridges, <laughs> pass some bridge stuff. Well, isn't if this... you're worried about ports, pass no, some Alice. port stuff. Because it doesn't seem like you can get both done. So maybe you should worry about the stuff that's actually important first. Because, it, I mean, like this is real life. Everything is limited. She you finishes, can't do all Alice. the things. She finishes. So this, this goes against what you're saying. Not, they don't want to do ports. She says, I'm proud to be part of an administration that recognizes and trusts that my life experiences experiences can inform policymaking in an effort to correct the mistakes of the past mm-hmm. and help create a future for our ancestors that our ancestors would be proud of. Stay safe, runners, and happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe guys just... Try Maybe and run should... an administration that's not one massive screw up after another. Maybe yeah, try that. Maybe we shouldn't hire people who just hate America as constituted. Yeah, America was going pretty well in, pre-pandemic. In, in... Right. I hate to say it. Right. Uh, maybe if there's a sign on the side of the road that talks about the Ordways shooting an Indian, uh, we can just leave it alone because maybe 2021 is not the time to. Are you going to read that to our people? No, I don't want to. It, 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 it's somebody in our town is trying wants to get rid of a, a sign that talks about somebody killed an Indian once. Being... Once in the history of our town, somebody killed an Indian, and there's a sign about it, and they have a problem. So. Yes. Yes. So uh, okay, so that is where we are. I'm now mad uh, in a, angry. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, my, my, I'm, Sorry, least... no. Life is good. Listen to Deb Holland's message. You oh can yeah, play okay, it okay. There's no swears. There's no swears, and she's wishing you a happy Indigenous okay, Peoples Day. Where are you, Deb? I just had it open. Hold on, I gotta move. I have to open <sighs> these things in different browsers. All right, here we go. Guatsi Halpa, Happy Indigenous Peoples Day, everyone. 
Today we celebrate the rich traditions, diverse cultures, and resilience of indigenous communities. I'm incredibly proud to honor the first stewards of this land, the indigenous people who survived through periods of brutal colonization and eventually forced assimilation policies. There were forced assimilation po policies and there were voluntary assimilation policies. Many, many Indians took advantage of those. They liked mm -hmm. creature comforts and they were happy to do it. And you can have the, uh, the uh, first of all, assimilation. If you want to talk about the entire experience, assimilation was the way to go. I hate to tell you mm -hmm. because the uh, realities on reservations are not awesome in a lot of places. Well, right. And many of the, the uh, political problems that you continue to hear Native American activists talk about um, on reservations have to do with things that are available because of assimil assimilation, you know, like access to capital, access to health care, access to like police resources. I mean, like, how do you think missing and murdered indigenous women uh, get found and justice gets served for them? It's access to things that are available through assimilation, like police forces in the justice system, right? Right. So that's, I mean, it's the lack of access to those things that's that's causing many of the problems that are on reservations, at least judging by the things that people on reservations say they care about and are worried about. To me, they seem like problems that would be solved by more civilization and not less. But what do I know? But anyway, so I wanted to just throw it out there because I think it's interesting that uh like how fast stuff has changed because now it's like pretty much unquestionable that Columbus was like evil mm -hmm. and why are we still celebrating this guy right and like I mean to the point where like sometimes you wonder if you're crazy like well maybe he wasn't that good like maybe mm -hmm. it's you know because all these people are like saying he was so bad and, like bringing up all these examples here's 2015 so this is like directly before Trump here's Obama's message for Columbus Day over half a millennium ago, Christopher Columbus, an ambitious navigator native to Genoa, Italy, set sail for New Horizons aboard the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. His expedition went west for a month's long journey. Though his first of four voyages across the Atlantic did not end at his desired destination of Asia, Columbus's adventure reflected the insatiable thirst for exploration that continues to drive us as a people. Columbus's legacy is embodied in the spirit of our nation. Determined and curious, the young explorer persevered after having been doubted by many of his potential patrons. Once opportunity struck when Ferdinand II and Isabella I agreed to sponsor his trip, he seized the moment and pursued what he knew to be possible. Columbus's arrival in the New World inspired many and allowed for generations of Italians to follow people whose Italian-American heritage contributes in immeasurable ways to making our country what it is and who continue to help strengthen the friendship between the United States and Italy. Yada, yada, yada. Then he talks about like how, yeah, we did hurt native people. But in the years since Columbus's time, the legacy of early explorers has carried on in the wide eyes of aspiring young dreamers and doers eager to make their own journeys and to continue reaching for the unknown and unlocking new potential. In commemoration of Christopher Columbus's historic voyage 523 years ago, Congress by joint resolution, etc. And he declares like Columbus Day, right? So... It's crazy, like, how far we've come. Because Biden obviously couldn't put out that statement now, six years later. Uh, it, it, 
Could Biden put out a statement like that? I don't know. I think he put out a statement. I'm not sure what it says, but but I'm mm-hmm. sure he put out. A, sort of the white. There's no way the they White House didn't to, put out a statement. But was it about indigenous people or was it? About I don't know. Columbus? I don't know. I know that he did put out a statement, but I don't. I don't know what it said. But I don't know. Maybe it's it's, it's something um, a little more boilerplate. Maybe not. But mm-hmm. but the fact that this is prioritized is this is Biden's okay. More than 500 years ago, after securing the support of Isabella and Ferdinand, Christopher Columbus launched the Nina and the Pinta. While he intended to end his quest in Asia, he instead landed on the shores of the Bahamas. Many Italians would follow his life. Today, millions of Italian-Americans enrich our country's traditions and culture. Today, we also acknowledge the painful history of wrongs and atrocities that many European explorers inflicted on tribal nations and indigenous communities. Uh, da 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 so yeah, there was no, there was nothing here like unequivocally positive about Columbus or how he contributed uh, to our lives today. Right. There's Italian Americans, and both Biden and Obama did mention uh, indigenous people, but uh, I, I would say that the focus has shifted in the last six years. My goodness. Well, thank you so much, everyone. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pop or at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We are also uh, at Burn Barrel Podcast.com and you can email us at Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Gab. We're on Parlor. We're at Burn Barrel Podcast on there. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe on there and on Rumble in case the YouTube goes away and uh, all the See other things. So thank you so much, everyone. And I have a sub, sub stack coming up very soon, I promise. I'm sorry, I was in the ER today, today as you know. Five, Why would you make I it less cleavagey? I just saw it on the video and it was too much. It was all I could see. Are you it's sure? It's going to be a little bit cleavagey, but not too much. Okay, this is good. Like People this, like right? your cleavage. I know, but just the angle of the camera was like, that was like the centerpiece of the video. What is this? I know. <laughs> Same, what did you just well, I'm aware too? of what cleavage is in the wow. guys like Can we it. go? <laughs> start the show. Now you can Five, start. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.